This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast, coming to you straight after tonight's 2-0 win at Reading. I am Billy Mully and this is what we've got coming up today. We first go back to Saturday's 3-2 win over Bournemouth. Cal Naismith sending Kenilworth Road into celebrations and then we also go on to tonight's 2-0 victory at Reading, a place where we usually end up disappointed. We also go on to tonight's quickfire polls that we issued out straight at full time before we look ahead to Sheffield United away as we aim for a nine point week. Lads, I'm here with Dylan Bundia and Jamie Castle. First of all, brilliant win today, ending a, a well, not even ending a brilliant week because we still got Sheffield United to, to look forward to. It, it was um, it was brilliant. Um, I thought today we were um, solid. It was a typical kind of midweek performance away off the back of a, a real high. And there's a lot of emotions to control. You know, Bournemouth was very emotional. Um, that in a weird way can be quite draining and almost a little bit distracting. So to refocus, do the make sure we do the basics properly and 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 put in a performance that we did today, which is what you need to do on the road on a Wednesday night, um, especially at Reading, then um, you know, that's all. That's very positive. So so really, really pleased with tonight. Yeah, definitely. Ma- massive win. Uh, almost a polar opposite game to, to the weekend where Bournemouth came at us, but Reading just sort of sat deep and I guess tr- tr- tried to limit us. So I guess it, sh- it showed the two sides to us. Um, but no, six points out of six. I think the first time we've got back-to-back wins in the league all season. So um, we're certainly on the up. Certainly. I did I did uh, mention to you on the group chat earlier that I was thinking about putting the fact that if we beat Reading tonight, 
that it would have been back-to-back victories, but I quickly deleted it, knowing that would have probably <laughs> cursed us. But, you know, Jamie still decided to put it in. And we were all right, so I guess it doesn't really matter too much. We'll, we'll put more focus into the Bournemouth game first because that came that came first. That's the running order. And looking back at it, I guess we were... We, it was just that we were two new up at the break after a really good performance. Yeah, I mean, great performance. First first half, we were out in the blocks. We were up and at them. Um, well, well deserved the two goal lead. Um, Alan Campbell up at half time. I mean, what what a performance! He's, and he's starting to come into his own now. We're starting to see the uh, the the Lanarkshire Kante tag that was given to him up up in in Scotland. Um, an absolute animal player, and and, and he, he was, I guess, the, the, he, he he summed up the overall team performance really. Just sort of everyone just sort of fighting as a team together to to to, to go two and up. Um, obviously, we got paid back to two two by Bournemouth, but they were always going to come out to us and 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 try try and get back into the game. But for me, I was just so impressed with just our, our character and the way that I think f- from two two onwards we were the better side and more than deserved the three points. And I mean, wow, the scenes at the end, probably easily top three games I've been to at the Kenny is, is probably in the running for best of all time. So I mean, it's certainly going to be on on the highlights reel for when we leave the Kenny in a few years' time. Yeah, as um, as Jamie said there, you know, when we when we, when Bournemouth got two back. You know, they've got all the momentum, a team of their quality. They got, you know, Jamal Lowe coming off the bench, uh, Morgan Rogers coming off the bench. Uh, you know, you, you you can't help but feel a little bit fearful. But the way that the players kept kept their composure, kept calm, um, you know, kind of fought back, controlled the tempo of things and just stifled their momentum was, was, fun, was absolutely outstanding. Um, and then obviously Cal is... Yeah, I mean that that finish and then the celebrations after were, were special and something I'll never forget. Um, it was just incredible. Um, but but so much credit to players and and staff because the staff made good decisions during the game that helped us a lot. And the players just kept calm, kept doing what they believed in, and and then at the end, Cal just shows a moment of quality to win it for us. And and it was just incredible, an incredible afternoon. I guess looking at that Bournemouth game, you could probably pack in an hour's content in, in just that game. It was one of those that pretty much had everything 2-0, commanding lead and, you know, everything looking positive, being pegged back to and, you know, Bournemouth just showing their, their top end of the division quality, being clinical and taking their chances. And then the scenes at the end, Naismith sending Lerma to the shops and then placing it in the bottom corner. It was a brilliant game from from Naismith up until uh, saving probably his two best games in the Luton shirt this season for for Fulham and Bournemouth. So it just shows what kind of player we have in him, doesn't it, Jamie? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone said what needs to be said about Cal Naismith. I think he probably wasn't viewed as a super important signing back last January when we got him. I mean, he came in away at Bournemouth and was solid, but wasn't wasn't sort of great. Um, but since then, he's he's come on leaps and bounds, and I mean, yeah, obviously there's there's the um, the comparisons between him and Sheehan, and obviously they're they're both fantastic players, but ones of a left foot. But I think Cow is just a, a, a different level now, um, and I guess as a team as well, I think the game just it was a, an indication of how we as a side have 
have sort of progressed through the season. You look you look back to, to Swansea at home, 3-0 up, 3-3, and then the game sort of dwindled out. Fulham prob- probably deserved to win it against that sort of level of side. So to, to go on and beat Bournemouth, I think that's exactly what, what, what we need as a team to give us that faith for the rest of the season to think, you know what, we can. We, we can get one of those playoff places. And Dylan, I won't go too much into the tactical side of things because I know you you targeted that in your video recently. But in terms of the fullbacks or the wingbacks, as we as we call them, now they had sort of a big job on their hands in in terms of their defensive responsibilities. But they also had the the attacking license, and we've seen James Bree have a very very good performance, didn't we? Yeah, I mean it's no surprise. James Bree is is outstanding. Um, very very good wing back and we're, we're blessed to have him because um, he can do everything at the minute you know when when we first saw James Bree um, as Nathan Jones has said in, in press I think you know he, he didn't he didn't take his defending seriously um, and, and he, he struggled in, in quite a few key areas that if you struggle in as a fullback in the championship um, then you're not going to be at the level but you know what the last couple of years he's he's developed so much and combined that side of things with the obvious forward threat that he is and Amari Bell on the left as well. So much energy, such a good ball carrier. Um, so yeah, those two with the amount of space they have to cover, then defending 1v1 against some very good players, um, they had a massive job and, and they did it on the whole very well on, on Saturday. We could certainly go around and go through each individual's performance and draw basically praise every one of them because it was one of those days where man for man we were we were very good and you know in, in terms of our responsibilities and ensuring that Bournemouth couldn't break through so easily it was it was one of those performances that it seemed everything just went right apart from the two goals obviously that the way they were conceded but we'll go on to tonight's game against Redden Obviously, a little bit more, uh, it, it was different, we, we can say, in terms of the performance, in terms of the opposition in front of us and, you know, in, in the way that the game panned out as well. So, going into it, the same team, bar Kyoso coming in for Bree. So, with all this noise about Kyoso coming back, what did you make of his performance, Jamie? Yeah, solid. Um, just all, all round, didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, you, you can tell he's definitely more of a defensive right wing back than Bree, but he still got forward really well. There's, there's a few there's a few interplays out on the right where he he combined with Burke and Pelly and and Jerome really really well. Um, and you, you sort of see what what Nathan's saying. It's just just that final product, but he's still a young lad and still got lots of lot, lot and lots of work to put into him. Um, and obviously the staff we've got will, will do that. Um, but great to get to have him back from from MK. Um, and hopefully he can he can sort of help ease that load now on on Bree. It, it seems like a lifetime ago that we were, I guess, slandering. James Bree and Luke Bolton as, as our two sort of very weak right, right backs. Now we've got two very, very strong ones in, in, in Bree and Kyoso. Um, it's just, it's great to see. Certainly great to see. And, and Dylan, um, I think the report that, that um, came from the MK Citizen was that there there is still possibility of Kyoso returning to, to MK should our, our, should Bree's um, injury ease and, you know, you can get back into the side. But do you think 
that having Kyoso back in the side and providing competition for Bree and you know pushing him all the way is the kind of route we'll go down. Can you see him going back to MK at this point? Uh, well, I hope not. Um, I hope that even if Bree does get fit, that Kyoso sticks around. Now, now from his point of view, you know he he knows that if he goes to to MK, then he's basically guaranteed to play pretty much every game. Um, so so he might not be massively happy with being a squad player and being the backup right back to James Bree because that's what he will be. Um, but from for for us from our point of view, it will be a massive positive having him in the squad because I don't think with the runner games that we've got, um, you know the the number of three game weeks that we've got coming up. It's, I don't think it's sustainable to play James Bree every single game. And we could be in a little bit of trouble if Bree picks up an injury and then we're having to play Jordan Clark out there, which isn't ideal. Not to mention that on the left side as well, we've only got really our only genuine left wing back option is Amari Bell because Cal is so settled in the back three. Potts is more of a left centre back as well. And Fred is not really a wing back. Um, so I think it is a boost because. We can then use Bree as a left wing back cover as well if we have to, and and Kyoso can come in on the right. Um, so I think for us it's it's massive, and and we should definitely keep him around um, if that's what what we decide is the right thing to do. And another sort of intriguing point from from the game, as I mentioned already, that it was it was pretty much the same team bar Kyoso coming in for Bree, which meant Cameron Jerome got another start, and you know the amount of football he has played. In recent weeks, it's, it's good to see that he can deal with the workload that, that's being asked from him. And, and um, obviously partnered next to Adebayo, who didn't have the best night in front of goal. But in, in terms of his overall impact and the, the sort of the nature of, of bullying the Redden defence, I think we can I think we can agree, Jamie, that it was a very good performance from from his standards. Yeah, of course. I mean, on Jerome, he seems like a different player, I, th- I think. I think his fitness wasn't really in question. I think he just the quality on the ball before bought the Bournemouth game. There was a few question marks with with sort of the difference between him and and Eli, but he's definitely come on leaps and bounds the last the last week or so. And I mean, it, 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 I'm not sure whether we can start on on, on Saturday or not. But it'd be good to have Musco back. But um, for, on Elijah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, define. Not a great night. I mean, he he still got an assist and and he still looked great in everything he did. I mean, there was there was one touch on the halfway line where it was like twenty feet in the air and he brought it down on onto his foot and it just didn't even move. So I mean, if 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 that's a bad performance from Elijah, then bloody hell, what a player he is. Exactly that. Yeah, he was just proven now that even when he's not, you know, the menace in front of goal scoring goals and sort of being presented with those glorious opportunities, he's. His work rate, his ability to make the ball stick and bring others into play, he's just gone to a next level this season. And it just shows how far he's come in, in such short space of time. It's not even a year since he's been at the club. Going on to another player, Alan Campbell gets another goal. Jamie, I know you're a big fan of... I love that man Alan. so much. Yeah, I can <laughs> I can hear it. Um, he gets another goal. He, he pretty much helped to force the first goal with his, his run into the box and... You think that that maybe Berry's had some sort of influence in in terms of the, these late runs into the box. We, we signed Alan Campbell as a player that's not known for his goal scoring or, or 
um, late runs into the box, but he's, he's becoming a player at Luton. That I know it's been two games, but he's quite evident that that's something he's adding to his game. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I, I think it, it was obvious to start with when, when Luke Berry was out injured um, because, we, because we missed out those forward runs. I think Clark is fantastic, but he's he's better on the ball than, than, than making those those runs off it. Um, so, so you you want to get Clark on on the ball, but so so you need that midfielder behind him or, or to the side of him to sort of run beyond him, and and went, and obviously that was Luke Berry, um, but now that's Alan Campbell, and I mean his his off the ball play is is fantastic. So if he can improve that and and get into the box and and you know what have that finishing touch, then he could quite easily bag a few goals. And I think I think his his, his goal way up in up in Scotland was, was pretty good as well. So. Obviously, the championships a different level, and he and he need, and he's time to to adapt. But I mean, what a start to the season! Um, he, I, I think he's been excellent all season, to, to be honest. And, and and it was a bit gutting to, to see him get injured at Blackburn. Um, obviously, it took him a while to come back fit and get into the side. But the last the last week, he's been just fantastic. Certainly, I'm still trying to get over the fact that we've beaten Reading tonight at Reading. It's just one of those that doesn't really seem to to go together. But we have, and you know what, we, we have to say here, Reading are not the team they have been. Obviously, they've been hit with massive, massive injury blows and the, the fact that they're limited in their uh, January business. But looking at their team, the, the, the players they still possess, you know, having Lucas Yao back available, Danny Drinkwater and, and John Swift in the middle, uh, uh, Rinomota as well, was a very, very good player. So I, I feel that whilst Reading are you know, struggling and in this sort of dip of form and, and you know, the, the you could hear with the boos that there's there's discontent within the fan base. They are still a strong side that, you know, it's not like when we went to Hull um, during our, our survival season and it wasn't as if they were as bad as that. They're not themselves, but they're still not a side that should be battling for, for relegation, I feel. And, I think that's a credit to us as well, don't you think, Dylan? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Reading are obviously stuck in a bit of a rut at the minute and, and really struggling. But you look at that team and it really isn't a bad team. You know, obviously at the back, they've got they've got some issues with the, the young 17-year-old Ashcroft at right back. And it was clear that we went after him, especially in the second half with big diagonals into Elijah. And we really targeted Reading's right side, especially with Tom Holmes as well. I thought Adebayo was... Um, you know, it was all over homes. So, we, you know, we really went after their their right side. And, and when you're in the championship, um, you can have very good players and and, and uh, Reading have a lot of very good players on the pitch, had a, very lot, a lot of very good players on the pitch today. But you have one weakness on one side and, and teams will go after you and, and try and exploit that, which we did. Um, but yeah, you know, Reading shouldn't be anywhere near where they are. Um, as the fans are uh, totally justified in, in being really unhappy with, with the situation because they've got some very good players out there for, for this level. Certainly, in sticking with you there, Dylan, you just sort of look at us as well. We've got the starting eleven, and then you look at the players we've brought on, bringing Lansbury to calm things down, on your Dinma to really get to that left-hand side. And, you know, we've always, always feel that we've had a strong bench, but again, it, it feels this year we, we've taken it up a notch and just shows the competitiveness of the squad, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. And, and it will look even stronger once we get uh, Harry Cornick and, and Admiral Musgrave back. Because you add those two into the squad, you'd assume that 
you know, one of them will start, the other comes off the bench. And then you add that in with Fred, with Luke Berry, with Lansbury, as you said, Osho, that is a strong bench. Um, and I think what we've added, as you said, is is real depth to the squad and real options off the bench that can come on and impact a game. Um, but even today, I mean, Lansbury saw it against Bournemouth on Saturday, came on, just added a bit of calmness, a bit of someone who could just dictate things a little bit more, did the same thing today. Osho, just for energy levels, and then Fred just giving us that forward drive off the bench that we can also get with Harry Cornick and, and Admiral. So, um, yeah, the squad is, is in a really, really good place. And we always seem to have great options coming off the bench to, to impact games late on. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Um, well, just just a note on recording these podcasts, you know, the day of the game, uh, just all of us joining with beaming smiles. He's, he's so far been one of the best ones to record because he's, he's get the true emotion of a victory, don't you? And that's that's what it's all about. We'll, we'll go on to the polls now and um, three reactive polls to, to tonight's game and um, sort of the, the associated um, problems or conundrums that, that Jones may have. First one that we're going to look at, poll one, is the squad good enough to reach the playoffs? And we had 60% at yes and 40% saying that we sort of require one or two more to, to really push the squad. And first of all, Dylan, where, where do you sit on that? Oh, I think, I think this season it's going to be really tough um, considering the teams that are ahead of us. Um, I think we'll give it a really good go. And if, if we were almost to play a, a mini season from from now until the end of the season, I think we could be a top top six side, definitely. Um, but in terms of can we catch the rest of them because we are a little bit behind, it's going to be very tough. You know, if, if we if we do carry on winning and we win the next two, three, then we can really start to believe. But it's going to be tough, especially, you know, we go to Sheffield, Sheffield United on, on Saturday. That's going to be a, an extremely tough game. We've got a lot, of, a lot of other games of that kind of feel. Um, so I think we are now to a stage where we look like a team that is, is a playoff team, but can we catch them? That's going to be um, going to be very tricky. Um, I hope we do, but that's going to be a real challenge, I think. Where about, what about you, mate? Where are you sitting on this? Do you feel that, that at the moment, that the squad that we possess is, is enough to, to go on and actually challenge the playoff positions and, and potentially secure a place? You know what? I, I think why not? I mean, I think our starting eleven is as good as anyone in in that sort of cluster from from five down to down to thirteen or fourteen in terms of our first eleven and squad. I think um, we, we've got a, a probably a good group of seventeen, eighteen players that are all fighting for that for, for, for that starting spot. Um, probably, yeah, we're probably lacking one or two in terms of maybe we're an injury or two away from maybe f- falling off. Say if Bell was to get injured, then maybe we're a bit exposed there. But if luck's on our side, then then, then why not? And I, I spoke to a, a Reading fan as part of our opposition views and he just said that when, when they got promoted uh, to the Premier League, I'm not sure what year, not year it was, but they, they had what we have now, that togetherness and that, that, that strength in in sort of belief and 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 faith in 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 what you in what you can do and what and what your team and the staff can do. So I think it, that can carry us a, a long way. And dare to dream, of of course, it, it seems almost ridiculous to to be talking about it. But I think you know what? Why not? 
Certainly, it's exactly what back-to-back victories do, does for us. It, it boosts confidence, <laughs> and you know, let's let's dream. Why not? And we'll come to the second poll, and it, it targets our defensive back line. When fully fit, do you start Burke or Lockyer? We've got seventy-six percent with Burke and twenty-four percent with Lockyer. Is that something you both agree with, Dylan? Start with you. Um. Probably, yeah. Probably at the minute. Um, obviously, there's a fair bit of recency bias, I think, in that, um, which is which is fair enough because Reese Burke's been very, very good. Um, but I think we're blessed to have that choice between Tom Lockyer and Reese Burke, two players that we got for free. Um, is, is it's unbelievable. But um, I think Reese Burke just maybe adds a little bit more, um, bit more pace to cover and cover ground ahead of him as well. Uh, and also maybe a little bit more ball carrying ability in terms of supporting um, uh, the right wing back and overlapping and underlapping from from right centre back. Um, so maybe Reese Burke as well just just edges it a little bit. So I probably agree with that. Um, but again, Tom Lockyer is is an outstanding centre back and hopefully he's he's fit soon and and we have um, that option there available to us. And Dylan, just a quick one, just just on that. Do you think there's scope for playing both of them? We know we're playing Bradley as sort of the central role at the moment. We have seen Naismith there, but at the moment it is Bradley. Could you see sort of a setting up where Burke or Lockyer are in that central role? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, I think Burke can definitely play in that central role uh, in terms of he covers really well. He's a good athlete, um, a bit different to to Bradley and and Lockyer and Naismith in that in that regards. Um, but yeah, definitely, if, if we need to do that. But I think Bradley is, at the minute is, is playing very, very well um, and, and he's doing all the right things for us. Today, he was he was outstanding. Ormuth was very good. So I, I don't see any reason why, we, you know, we would change that. But if we needed to, yeah, definitely, Reese Burke could play through the middle with Lockyer on the right of the three. And coming over to you, Jamie, you're on the same line in the thinking there that, that Burke at, the, at present times, I know a, a lot can change. In, in the coming weeks and I know being a Luton fan we know just exactly how that works if, if things changing just uh, just uh, very 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 quickly so are you on the same line of thinking that, that Burke just about edges it or or do you make a case for Lockyer here? Nah de- definitely Burke for me um, I mean I love Tom Lockyer I think last year he was fantastic and, and we missed him when he was injured um, but Reese Burke I think he adds a bit more height as well it just just on, on top of what what Dylan was, was saying he, he's obviously he's about, probably about, about two, two inches or so taller so at set pieces that, that's really important and I, I love his little sort of lung bursting runs he makes from around the side there's a, a time when I think Eli had had the ball on sort of out, out wide tonight and he had Kieso underlapping Burke overlapping I thought it's, it's just fantastic um, so no definitely Burke but what what I would say I'd, I'd probably disagree in the fact that I'd probably play Burke on the right and Lockyer in the middle I think Lockyer positionally is is, is really good so I think he, he 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 sort of he has that stability in the middle so I, I'd probably play, play Lockyer in the middle and, and Reese on the right if if Bradley was to get injured but obviously Sonny's being um, great so far Exactly that. Yeah. I guess as the season progresses, it would be no surprise to see that back three change in personnel, and you know that's good to have that. That uh, competition levels continue to to drive performance levels up, and we'll go on to the third poll, and that is more short term. And 
That is, will we complete the elusive nine-point week? That means that we need to secure all three points at Sheffield United at the weekend. And 66% have gone absolutely with 34% at no chance. So I guess the question that, that we should be asking from that, Dylan, is will we beat Sheffield United? <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why we can't. Um, absolutely no reason why we can't. That we know they're a very, very good team. Um, Bramall Lane is a special stadium and it's going to be a tough atmosphere to play in. But we, we thrive for that. So, yeah, there's absolutely no reason why we can't beat Sheffield United. Um, but I think the Championship is a is a crazy league and casing point being Sheffield United's last game where they were 2-0 up against Preston. They were down to 10 men and then Preston came back and drew two all. So, crazy things happen. There's absolutely no guarantees in, in the Championship. But, there's absolutely no reason why we can't go and go and go and beat them in their own backyard because we're looking like a, a proper proper championship team at the minute. Certainly that, and, and Jamie, coming to you, what what are your thoughts ahead of, of Sheffield United? Can we go there and secure all three points? Absolutely, why not? I mean, I'm going. So if we do, what what a weekend that will be. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're probably in a slightly better place than them mentally at the minute. Obviously, they went to Derby and, and lost, and then we're tuning up and lost that lead. So probably mentally, we're in a bit of a of a stronger place. But they've had that extra day fitness. But um, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting game, and I can't wait for it. Certainly, and we'll, we'll move on now to Sheffield United more specifically. And you know, you, you sort of alluded alluded to it there, Jamie. That mentally speaking, we, we've come off two very good victories. Um, Sheffield United lost their first game in in four at the weekend, and then they followed it up with a very very disappointing draw at Preston under the circumstances. So going into the game. And looking sort of more specifically at Luton and, and sort of looking at the team, do you think because it's the third game of the week we we could see some changes, or do you think Jones has sort of learnt that you know he his players can handle it and, and changing things too much could cause some sort of you know negative reaction? I think changes in personnel, maybe I think system, no, um, but it's tough because like you think, well. Alan Campbell and Pelly Ruddock have had, had two massive shifts in, in what, four days. So surely one, one of them is shattered. But we've seen Pelly play 90 after 90 after 90 for about two years now. So it's like, why can't he play another 90? Um, so, I mean, maybe one or two changes, but I guess it depends on on who. I mean, if if Misway's back in time, does he start over Jerome? And does Barry come in for Clark? I mean... Again, just going back to how good our squad is, we've got at the bench today, you've got Fred, Carlos, Berry, Osho, who could all come in and that's absolutely fine. Cornick and Musgrave weren't in the squad because obviously Musgrave was, was away and Cornick was, was out, but seemingly both might be available for Saturday. So we've got we've got strength and depth in a minute and I don't think if, if, if we were to make two or three changes that, that it would weaken us too much. It's actually so exciting to hear you say the, the fact that we've we've gone today and, and beaten Redden. We, we've looked strong. We're, we're full value for our victory, but we can still add the likes of Musquay and Cornick back to the squad. It, it's it's a scary prospect, isn't it, Dylan? It is. It is, and I um you know it's tough in in terms of how you handle that because we've we've come off two games and played brilliantly in both games. Now, can you look any of these players? have started both games 
and, and got six points for us in the eye and say you're not going to start Bramall Lane. It's very difficult. Um, but then again, you know, we, we put, as Jamie said, we put two massive shifts in. And I think when you go to Bramall Lane, you, you do need to freshen it up a little bit. I'd probably think about Berry, um, Berry for, for Clark or Campbell, um, probably Clark, just to give us something else. And in the forward line, it's difficult because we are short at the minute with just Elijah and, and Cameron Jerome being our, our only recognised front men. Um, you know, Fred can play there, but it's not really his position at all. Um, and hopefully we have one of Harry Cornick or, or Musgrave back um, so we can freshen that up. But to be honest, I wouldn't change too much. And then obviously Bree, if he's fit for Kyoso, would, would help as well. Um, but really, you can't look those players in the eye and say you're not going to play on Saturday. Um, because you know that that's that would be extremely harsh. But sometimes, as a manager, you have to be harsh. You have to make decisions um, for the good of the team. So it, it's a difficult balance. Um, we have to freshen it, but also we want to have some continuity from what has been uh, an absolutely brilliant week so far. Our um, fan hub lineups are going to be very very difficult. I imagine for Sheffield United away, just trying to predict what Nathan Jones might do. Will he give rest or will he try and name a similar side from the last week? Uh, going back to the, the game at Kenilworth Road, it was a goalless affair. And you, at this point, sort of looking at us at the moment, the threat we possess going forward, looking at Sheffield United, they're, they're more porous as well defensively at the moment. Surely we can't be looking at another nil now. No, and I think looking at us as a side, I think we've we've almost changed as a side since then. I think back then it was all about keeping it tight and, and seeing what we can do when we had the ball. But I think we're very much... I mean, we've been front-footed most of the season, but I think sometimes against those sort of sides, we've kind of stepped off a little bit. Um, and I think Fulham and, and Bournemouth, by and large, was case in point where we were just that little bit more front-footed. Um, so I think we, we, we've, we've developed just in, in a space of four, four or five months. So um, I, I certainly think that we, we'll go there and try to impose ourselves a, a, a lot more than we did at, at home. And Dylan, looking a little bit more at Sheffield United, we know they're a squad full of talent, spent a lot of money. Money doesn't always translate into success and, you know, success on the pitch, uh, as we prove consistently. But there is... They do possess threats all over the pitch, don't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everywhere, uh, you know, Ollie Norwood doing what he does best, you know, dictating from deep. Um, Billy Sharp, they've got a lot of new talent in there, but, well, not, not too much new talent, but um, some new talent like Illiman NDI, um, so energetic in the number 10 position. But then, you know, Billy Sharp will do what he does, which is run all day and, and find spaces in the box that no one else does. So, it's going to be really difficult. And, and as Jamie said there, um, you know, it's tough for us to go and we're going to try and go and impose ourselves, but it's also difficult against their, their back three, which they've been using quite quite a lot recently to, to then use our front two because they've obviously naturally got 3v2 there. So we've got to be clever with, with how we engage them high up the pitch. Um, but, you know, I think, uh, as you guys said, Fulham and Bournemouth are a real, I think, Hall, uh, you know, kind of turning points in terms of how we approach games against big teams. Not that we weren't doing it before, but really compounding that belief that we can go after teams, we can press them high, we can impose our game on them and, and go and win or, or get a point in that way. 
Um, so it, it's going to be really interesting to see how we go about it. But we we will carry on being that front-footed team that that we are because that is that is who we are now. We are we are that type of team. Exactly that, and and we're see, seeing success from from doing it as well. If if Fulham and, and Bournemouth are not proof from from this front-footed nature working, then I don't know what else would be further proof. Um, I'll come for both your score predictions now, and I'll, I'll start with you, Dylan. Oh, I think I think we'll win two one. Oh, what a shout! We'll do it. Good shout. Good shout. What about you, Jamie? I'm going to be a bit more cautious and go one all. I mean, I think that normally I'm probably the more the more bullish one on the pod, but I'm I'm going to go for for one all this time. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any anything better. I'm going to go for Jamie's one all two. I think, um, yeah, in in terms of, I think we still perform well, but I just think that that Sheffield United will be will be up for it. They 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 know that this is a game that they need to be up for should they continue in their their playoff charge as well. So yeah, I'm going to go for one all two. Well, that just about brings us to the end of this latest episode. A great one to record after the Reading victory. Thank you to the pair of you for joining joining today and uh, make sure to check us out on Twitter and on Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Oak Road Hatter and on Instagram, we are Oak Road Hatter Pod. Also, make sure to check out our website. We're www.oakroadhatter.com for all our latest content and make sure to also keep your eyes peeled on social media as we start our February giveaway tickets. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.